Welcome back, folks, to Puckcast with Satsman and AJ Rotowire's Fantasy Hockey Show. Hello, friends. I'm Paul Bruno in Toronto, Ontario, and you can follow me at Statsman22. I'm here with my co-host, AJ Scholes, who's a great follower, AJ Scholes24, based in Sun Perry, Wisconsin. That's very close to Rotowire headquarters over in Madison. AJ, I got to check in on you, partner. You were fresh off a 50-kilometer cross-country ski event. Fill us in. Yeah, so um, some people may have heard of it before. It's called the American Birkebiner. Um, yeah, 50-kilometer uh, cross-country race. Took me about uh, six hours and 22 minutes this year. Um, I do that as part of Team ALS, so I raise funds um, for uh, that go to helping families affected by ALS, go towards ALS research, that sort of thing. So uh yeah it's uh it's a slog i said it's tuesday and i still hurt um but uh it's definitely worth it and uh, a lot of fun well kudos to you my friend for taking that on i don't think i could i could drive 50 kilometers that fast sometimes (laughs) in traffic in toronto so that's that must have been a pretty good route for you (laughs) and you survived it in fine style i saw the pics you looked great so uh partner we're just days before the trade deadline but the activity of this past week was phenomenal and we got about 16 trades to talk about right now off the top so we're going to divert from our usual format and we're going to spend some time talking about these deals and maybe some other hot rumors that we're hearing uh, and they'll be confirmed in the coming days we think but uh, we want to share all that information with you so we're going to not going to go through the 32 teams like we usually do though there are a couple of bits of news and notes that we got we will cover before we sign off today as well and uh, with that said we are going to look after your dfs needs on a big slate of games today too we'll bring you our DraftKings and fan duel rosters for tonight's tuesday night's action here so uh off the top partner we're going to go in reverse order beginning with a deal that came down today and that is the carolina Hurricanes finally getting involved in the trading. People have been wondering when this team would start to throw some money around or pick up some players. And they picked up Yessi Pugliarabi from from Edmonton, AJ, acquiring a a prospect, Patrick Puistola, who was a third-round pick in 2019, still playing in Finland. What say you about this deal? Where do you think that that Pugliarabi is going to potentially fit in this lineup? Yeah, I think it's a good deal for both sides in this one. I, I like this for both teams. Edmonton clearing uh, about $3 million in cap space by all intents. Uh, that is supposed to go to try and acquire Jacob Chisholm. Um, So that's kind of their target and why they needed the the space here. I think it's a good move for them uh, to, to get Pugliarvi off the books. Uh, they get back a player who's got decent numbers playing over in Finland right now. Of course, he hasn't even made the jump to North America, hasn't done AHL or anything like that yet. So hard to say how well he could, uh, you know, can he become an NHL player? I think the jury's still out on that one. For Carolina, uh, at worst, Pugliarvi fits into a bottom six role for them. Uh, It's a new change of scenery for him, which I think will be helpful. And, uh, you know, even in the bottom six in Carolina, that means you're playing with either Jordan Stahl or Paul Stastny. That's two really good centers that he would get to play with uh, and I think can help bring out the best in him. So uh, I like the move really for all parties. Uh, I think it helps give Carolina some more options, gives Edmonton cap space they need. Uh, I, I don't see a bad side of this trade, Paul. I don't know about you. 
Yeah, I agree with you. I think the key from Edmonton's point of view is they had to finally separate themselves from what turned out to be a pretty bad first round, high first round pick in Pujarvi, never really panning out despite a lot of opportunities with Dreisaitl and McDavid as his centers. But as you said, he's going to a pretty good situation in Carolina where they have a lot of depth at center. So he's going to be playing with a decent forward who has NHL experience. So it's not falling out like falling off a cliff. And that's a very strong team. And sometimes it's just a change of scenery that could really be helpful here. And he will have some fellow countrymen to, to commiserate with as soon as he lands in Carolina as well. So a good move for both sides. We were wondering what Edmonton's going to be looking for. I think they're in line for a defenseman. As you implied, a Chikorin is a possibility, but they're also is Vlad, Vlad Gavrikov and a host of others. Maybe John Klingberg also fits in to their plans they look they need like another good puck moving defenseman over in Edmonton and this is clearing the decks to see if they can make that happen uh yesterday then we're going as I said we're going in reverse order there were a couple of deals AJ one featuring the Vancouver Canucks acquiring Josh Bloom and Buffalo Sabres acquiring Riley Stillman now Stillman has had a couple of coffees cups of coffee in the NHL don't think this was anything too serious or severe I don't think it's uh, similar to what Edmonton's trying to do in terms of clearing money aside to make, pick up players. Uh, what say you about this one, if anything at all? Yeah, Paul, I think that's a perfectly good analysis of this move. I don't think it requires too much more discussion on it. Stillman, similar, gets a change of scenery, could do something there. Josh Bloom, for his part, decent numbers in the OHL this year, 42 points in 40 games. He's 19 years old, probably getting ready to make the jump, but he could spend another year in juniors too further developing his game. So not a ton uh, going on there. Paul, I'll lead us into the next trade here, and then uh, I'll let you do the prognostications on whether this was a good one or a bad one. You've got uh, Toronto taking on Jake McCabe, Sam Lafferty. They get a couple of fifth-round picks along with it. In return, Chicago gets Joey Anderson, Pavel Gogolev, a 2025 first round pick, which is top 10 protected, although the chances of the Leafs having a top 10 pick seems pretty slim here. And a 2026 uh, second round pick. Paul, what say you about this trade to bring in a blue liner and a bottom six uh, forward for the Leafs? Well, the key aspect there is that Chicago is agreed to pick up 50% of McCabe's $4 million cap hit, and he's on the books for two more years. Lafferty on the books for another year. So Dubas was really inter- interested in getting players with term to uh, to come back if he possibly could. And this looks like a real home run for the Leafs. In McCabe, you've got a guy who's going to fit into their top four D men, and it's going to possibly see him line up with Morgan Riley on the top pairing while, while uh, former Calgary Flames Mark Giordano and TJ Brody get to pair up again on a second potential experienced unit to complete a pretty look, good looking top four and uh, McCabe and, and uh, Lafferty for their parts, they come with a lot of sandpaper in their game. They're physical guys. They don't mind the rough going and, and uh, offensively Lafferty's got a penchant for, for liking to go to the front of the net and causing havoc there. He's already got 10 goals this year. That's a pretty good addition to the bottom six, AJ, I think. So they've, they've, they really boast, bolstered themselves at forward and defense with this trade and uh, upping the ante in terms of the physical element. I know that there was some concern about how they measured up, would measure up with Tampa, who are a very physical team. This really changes the look and feel of the least bottom six 
in addition to the trade that they made last week with St. Louis. So I'm quite happy with the deal and uh, look forward to seeing what may shake down beyond this. Like you said, the the key for me was the, was the first round draft pick was uh, top 10 protected. I mean, we're talking three years out and I'm hoping the Leafs are still a competitive team there. So it'll be a late round pick. The second rounder in 26, ditto for that as well. And uh, of course, the opportunity to get a, a guy like Josh McCabe on your books for $2 million a year over the next two years when they're going to be having some issues trying to sign some of their big boys coming off deals. I'm talking about Matthews and Nylander. This is going to get, give them a little more space in that regard. And I hope to heck the salary cap does rise to make that even more uh, palatable. But uh, Chicago acquiring a couple of prospects. Joey Anderson has been up and down in, in the NHL before. He's a, he's a good player, but if nothing more than a, uh, maybe an occasional third liner. He'll play third line limited in, in a Chicago rebuild, I think, but is destined to be a fourth liner uh, if he plays at the NHL level. Gogolev is not with the least top AHL farm team, but with a secondary one in in, in the Eastern Canada. And he's had a pretty good offensive year, but that's two levels below the NHL. So not holding out hopes for him making the NHL uh, for more than a cup of coffee. And then Chicago does amass a couple more draft picks and their draft cupboard is chock full partner. They've got about a dozen picks in the, in the next few years in the first three rounds. So uh, really hoping to hit home runs at the draft in the next few years there. So now we come to uh, September, uh, February 26th trades, a uh, minor deal that we'll probably gloss over very quickly. National predators acquire Isaac Ratcliffe, Philadelphia, uh, takes what they call future considerations. Basically, they're agreeing to take a contract off Flyers books is all this amounts to AJ. And it could be a situation where Nashville's doing them a favor and hoping maybe that they can cash in on another one uh, down the road. But uh, kind of a, uh, uh, a nothing deal in, in my estimation there. Why don't you break down the next deal, though, where Tampa picked up T- Tanner Genoa for a boatload of uh, draft picks? Yeah, I think this will easily go down as the most surprising trade thus far. Um, there could be other ones that come up that have huge price tags. But uh, Tanner Janot goes to Tampa. And the other way, you get Cal Foot defenseman with some NHL pedigree, uh, a third and fourth round, third, fourth, and fifth round pick in 2023, a second round pick in 2024, and a first round top 10 protected pick in 2025, again, I think the likelihood that uh, the Lightning would be in the mix for a top 10 pick in 2025 is probably still pretty slim. So you're talking five picks, including a first, sec, you know, one from basically every round, first, second, third, fourth, and fifth. Uh, a pretty solid defenseman, in my opinion, in Cal Foot. I mean, he's not going to be a Norris Trophy winner anytime soon, but a, a solid, I think, kind of bottom pairing maybe could, you know, develop into, you know, a second pairing guy. And then, yeah, all of that for Tanner Janot, who, you know, really his uh, offensive numbers aren't out- outrageous by any stretch of the imagination. You're talking 14 points in 56 games this year. Was significantly better last year, admittedly 41 points in 81 games uh, last season. So it's possible that getting uh, some improved line mates here could spark something for him in uh, in Tampa. But Overall, this feels like a pretty hefty price tag uh, that was paid for for Tanner Janot. Yeah, clearly there was something about him that they really felt they needed to have. I mean, they have tons of physicality in the bottom six. Take a look at what what it might look like going forward. They've got him penciled in 
and we do at least at Rotowire headquarters. Tanner Janot looks to be lining up on the left side of the third line with Nick Paul and Ross Colton at center. Now, Janot, obviously the most physical of those three players, but they're, they've all got good size and they like to mix it up. But that leaves me with in a bit of a quandary, AJ, when you look at the fourth line and, and the possibility of Maroon, Corey Perry and Pierre-Edouard Belmer locking up those three spots. Then they've got Vladislav Nemesnikov as a spare forward. Now, I wonder, he's a very experienced player. I wonder if they're looking to shop him around and maybe get some assets that might bolster their defense. Because to me, I still think they have an issue along the blue line, AJ, when you think they got Victor Hedman and Mikhail Sergachev. Okay, they're both studs and there's no issue with that. Then they've got Zach Bogosian, who's late in his career and a lot of miles on him. He's penciled in as the first pairing right-wing defenseman. Nick, Nick Perbix, who jumped up on the scene and has been earning regular shift for the club for the first time this year. Then they've got a couple of veterans and Ian Cole and Eric Chernak as the third pairing. So I think there's room for, for them to improve. And maybe they're looking at a, bringing back a guy like Luke Shen into the mix here, Form, a guy who spent some time in Tampa. He's also rumored linked to a few other NHL clubs, including the team that Tampa's possibly going to play in the first round, the Maple Leafs. So uh, I'm hearing the price tag for for the veteran D-man in Vancouver could be as high as a second pick, uh, maybe a third one uh, in, in an upcoming draft. So the the price tag is high on some of these remaining players, but I do think Tampa should be in on, on a search to bolster the blue line. I do, I do think there's room for improvement there. Do you agree or disagree? Uh, I mean, I think it's a pretty solid group. I don't think they need to do it necessarily. So I wouldn't say they have to force anything. I mean, let's not forget, they don't have a single pick until the sixth round uh, this upcoming year. Just one pick in the first three rounds the year after that. So they're pretty thin in terms of, you know, tradable assets here. Um, So, you know, they've got Hetman, they got Sergachev, Ian Cole has been a solid Saw word for them. Uh, Eric Cernak is back from injury. Uh, I, I don't think they need to necessarily do something. If the right opportunity presented itself, certainly you jump at that. Um, but I, I don't think they need to make a move. AJ, then we continue with trades on the 26th. And Chicago in a minor deal acquired Andreas England and the Chicago, Colorado uh, acquired Jack Johnson, bringing him back into the fold there. Uh, Stanley popular, Cup winner Jack Johnson, Paul. Popular, forget. popular <laughs> move in that dressing room, AJ. And I think you touched on one of the reasons why I think Colorado fans are pretty excited about this return. A solid defensive defenseman. This is te- this team's on fire right now, and they look like every bit ready to defend the Cup championship. You want to spend a little more time talking about Johnson, or you, you want to jump down to the next trade? No, I'll jump us on to the next trade, although fair warning for all of our listeners out there, there are some names on here that I'm going to butcher tremendously in this. I'll help you. I'll help you. I've been been practicing this trade all day. (laughs) (laughs) So we've got a nine-player trade uh, that went down between the Devils and the Sharks. The key piece here being Timo Meyer going to New Jersey, uh, half of his salary being retained by San Jose. The Devils also got Scott Harrington, although Harrington was placed on waivers yesterday and claimed by Anaheim today. So Harrington was part of that trade, no longer uh, with New Jersey, the shortest stay uh, that we've seen in a while there. Uh, Zachary Amund goes with him. Santiri Hatakaka, I think. Um, And Timur Ibrahimov. um, Very good. 
I'll go to the Devils along with the 2024 fifth round pick. Uh, on the other side, San Jose gets a couple of younger uh, guys that have had some time in the NHL in terms of Andreas Johnson, Fabian Zetterlin. Both, I think, could be solid pieces for a building team. Nikita ok- uh, Oktiuk, uh, I think. Very, very. And then Shakir Muk- uh, Mukamadulin. Mukamadulin. Thank you, Paul. That one was going to be a mouthful. Um, they also get a 2023 first-round pick, a 2024 second-round pick, and a 2024 seventh-round pick. Uh, there are some conditions on those that kind of move things around, but we'll just stick with those for now. As I mentioned, really the biggest name here and the biggest piece is the Timo Meyer aspect of it. Uh, I think that's a great addition for the Devils. Uh, uh, obviously, he will jump immediately into a you know top six role here, possibly on the second line, I think, with Jack Hughes and, and Brad, although they could just stack that first line and go Meyer, Heischer, and Tatar. Uh, I think, personally, I think they'd be better suited to split them up and, and give Hughes a little bit more support. We are going to have to probably wait to see Timo Meyer with the Devils. He is still dealing with an upper body injury. It's not expected to be long-term or anything like that. Um, and then, of course, you know, Harrington would have been the other kind of bigger name coming that way. But, of course, he was put on waivers. Um, some kind of makes you wonder why he was included in the trade in the first place. Could have been an issue with number of contracts. Teams are only allowed to have 50 contracted players. Um, so maybe the, the Sharks needed to move him for, for something like that. On the other side, Sharks, uh, I think they get a decent return here. Uh, again, essentially, these minor pieces are what they are, but the move was for Timo Meyer and to get a pair of guys in Andreas Johnson and Fabian Zetterlin, who I think could be contributors, uh, pick up a couple picks. So um, strong move on both sides, especially when you consider, you know, Meyer uh, definitely was looking, uh, you know, looking to get out by all accounts and, and to, you know, go somewhere with a more competitive team. And the fact that he will be uh, a free agent in the off season. Now it will be, uh, the devil's uh, you know, job to figure out how to sign him to a long-term deal. All reports indicated he was looking at an eight-year max contract. Whether or not New Jersey is willing or able to offer that, I think, remains to be seen. Yeah, I think he's whistling into the wind if he thinks he's going to ma- get a max contract. But eight years for sure, it's something around eight or nine million is, is the floor on the other end of that. But I think that it's a great piece, a nice addition for Jersey. Look at, look at, we've ta- spent a lot of time talking about Tampa and Toronto in the first round. If, if things uh, go according to Hoyle, you're going to see the, a cross state rivalry where the, the teams can take a, a short cab ride to, uh, to a couple of the locales that might meet up in the, in the first round in the, in the Metro division with the Rangers and the Devils looking to lock horns. And we'll have more about the Rangers side of that equation, even at the end of the show. How about that for a little tease? But uh, <laughs> two teams that are set up to go nuclear against one another in the first round in the Metro division. So that's going to be a compelling series if uh, the current standings do hold. And I mean, I like what San Jose did when you consider that we are showing that, the two pieces that you call, called in Zetterland and jo- Johnson to come in and play second line minutes for T- San Jose. That is something that's not lost on me because they spent a lot of money uh, on a few pieces around this team that are still there. So they, they had to get some cheap 
talent in, and I think they did a very good job uh, essentially getting two guys who have a pretty good scoring pedigree to play around Thomas Hurdle on that second forward line. So good job for, for San Jose for uh, getting the most out of this deal that they could, and, and really this story won't be written completely until all those drafts are accounted for a few years down the road. So good deal on both sides. The best player going to the Devils, uh, as I said, adds to their firepower, which is already considerable. Then we had a minor deal, but I was kind of surprised that St. Louis parted ways with Ivan Barbashev, AJ. It looks like they're going full on rebuild here. They acquire a piece in Zach Dean that we don't know too much about, a minor league prospect for, to be sure. But Barbashev, I thought, was a guy that was young enough that St. Louis could keep him around for, to be part of the, the solution here rather than jettisoning him to Vegas. But on the other hand, I like what Vegas acquires here, and they get a guy who will fit uh, somewhere in their top six, I think. And uh, and I think the best days are ahead for Bob Rochebis. He's going to be surrounded by, by a pretty talented group of forwards here in Vegas. Yeah, Paul, as you mentioned, you know, the Blues seem to be uh, full on sale mode. We've seen a number of uh, number of trades by them uh, that, you know, that uh, we'll, we'll get into a couple that we've already talked about. But um yeah, just, you know, Ryan O'Reilly, Tarasenko, uh, Clem Coston, even going back to October. So, uh, obviously, they think they need to make some changes. Uh, Zach Dean, quick update on him, 51 points in 39 games, playing uh, in, you know, Quebec uh, Juniors, uh, 30th overall pick in the 2021 draft. So, definitely some pedigree there and a decent uh, decent player to return when when you're just trying to get – prospects and picks to, to build towards the future. Our next move was between Montreal and Dallas. Dennis Gurianov goes uh, to Montreal, Dallas bringing in Evgeny Dadnoff. Um, really tough year, I think for Dadnoff and, and tough couple of years to be, to be totally honest with you in Montreal. It just hasn't seemed like the right fit. 18 points in 50 games by comparison He's got one goal in one game with Dallas. So that tells you uh, how that fit was looking. Uh, there were a couple of instances where Dadnoff was a healthy scratch. Uh, and, you know, part of it, too, is Montreal retained uh, some of the salary here on, on Dadnoff, uh, 50% of it. He was carrying a pretty significant $5 million cap hit. He'll be a free agent after the season, so it's not a long-term commit for Montreal. They get a solid player in my opinion, in, in Gurianov. Not sure if you have another take on that one or not, Paul. Well, I do. A couple of years ago, I was high on Gurianov, AJ, and it seemed like he has fallen off a little bit. The goal point, goals and points have dropped over the last couple of seasons and to the point where he couldn't crack the top six in Dallas. Interestingly, in the early returns that we're seeing on the morning skates, is that uh, Montreal's got him penciled in to play first-line minutes with Nick Suzuki on the right wing. Now, uh, you're reminded also that there are a whole host of injury notes here. Uh, Kirby Doc likely out for the rest of the season. That news came down earlier today. And, uh, or sorry, Sean Monaghan uh, out long-term uh, is the, is the uh, issue that they announced today. He was a guy that they were hoping to turn into an asset uh, at, at this time of year. AJ, but because they took on that big contract with that expectation, gave him some playing time. And early on, it looked like a good move because he was scoring fairly regularly and contributing in a top six role. But then uh, injury bug caught up with him and he hasn't been able to shake that. And on defense, they've got another issue, too, with Joel Edmondson, who was another uh, 
a veteran player that they were hoping to turn into a pick at the deadline, but he too is deemed out longer term. So that's two assets that won't be leading the Montreal organization as they might fans might have expected earlier in the year when they were anticipating the upcoming days of this season. So interesting development there. You wonder if Dadanoff is going to find his groove in Dallas, but I don't know if he's going to t- crack the top six. Maybe he gets a chance to play third line minutes there, and that still would afford him the opportunity to play with a guy like Tyler Sagan at center. So again, all is not lost for him, but a change of scenery could rehab him back into a 20-goal shooter like he's been earlier in his career. Up next, AJ, one guy that's been uh, uh, confounding to uh, people that have followed the career of Nino Niederreiter. He was drafted as a high-scoring prospect in, out of junior and uh, has bounced around the NHL. This is, I think, his fourth trade in a very young career already. And uh, he's going to go to Winnipeg, where they have a wealth of talent up front already. So finding where he's going to slot in might be a little more than a third liner unless uh, they, unless you think something differently, AJ. And I'll have you weigh in on a second in a second here, but they're loaded offensively here. And, and I could see at best a second line role for him, uh, but that's because a few guys are injured here. Cole Perfetti, Mason Appleton out of the lineup, but when they get back to health, they're going to challenge him uh, to, to try and keep that, that role. So uh, I don't know if you had any other takes there, but Nina Ryder, another change in scenery, the cost to Na- Nashville uh, gets a second round draft pick in uh, next year's draft. Yeah, I like I like the addition of Nita Ryder um, for a couple of reasons. One being the fact that you've got Cole Perfetti out until probably about the end of April. Perfetti likely would have been in the mix, uh, maybe not one, but at least in the mix for the Calder Trophy. Uh, so he's out for for a significant chunk of time, and then you've got Mason Appleton dealing with an upper body injury. Uh, no clear timeline for him right now, and so I think Nita Ryder is a good addition set uh, right now. It looks like second line role for them alongside uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois and Nikolai Ehlers. So uh, for me, I think it's a good addition. He's definitely going to help the team. He'll get power play opportunities. I think that'll increase uh, his chances. And look, you know, Paul, you mentioned he has moved around a lot, um, but this is a guy with multiple 20 goal seasons under his belt um, with the move here in Nashville he, or from Nashville. Rather, he's already got 18 goals this year. Um, he could potentially, it looks like uh, doing my quick math here, his career high is 25. Uh, he could easily reach that mark uh, playing, you know, in Winnipeg, especially with power play opportunities. So uh, I think it's a good addition for them. And this is a better player. I think than a lot of people uh, give him credit for our next uh, deal was Vitaly Kratsov going to Vancouver, William Lockwood, and a 2026 seventh round pick going the other way for the Rangers. Uh, I think the biggest winner in this deal is probably Kratsov himself, had pretty much found himself on the outside looking in in terms of, of ice time here uh, with the Rangers, just wasn't going to get much in the way of opportunities. That should be slightly improved in Vancouver. Um, especially with the number of injuries that they have and could play, you know, right now they've got him playing on a line with Brock Besser. Uh, They could always move him on a line with Garland. Uh, You know, he could be moved around and and give him more opportunities to maybe develop. Um, But he just wasn't going to play in my opinion for the Rangers, especially uh, due to recent trades that we'll discuss at the end of the show here. 
Um, but Kratzoff was the odd man out in New York. It, it just wasn't working. So I think it's a good move for him. Yeah, and early on, he's going to get a chance to play in a scoring line role, but there's going to be a lot of competition for that. So it behooves him to get off on the right foot, and he'll have fellow countrymen to uh, welcome him there and ease the transition, I'm sure. And uh, in a no-pressure environment, he's got ample opportunity to hit the ice running. He was formerly a high draft pick with the Rangers, but things really never panned out there, and he didn't manage to become part of one of the better rebuilds that I've seen in recent years that was done on the fly and on Broadway. So he'll get a chance to uh, to make good there. The Rangers pick up young well William Lockwood. He's a, a guy that's spending some time getting his skills uh, honed in the, in the Hartford Wolfpack uh, situation uh, now, but he was playing with Abbotsford. Uh, Vancouver's farm team had 18 points in 26 games played. So he'll get the rest of the season and probably more to get things rolling, but he's 24 years old. And he's got to show, start to show something. Otherwise, he might be a career minor league, but that's uh, a risk they were willing to take just to move Crafts off, off the books here and possibly make room for a, another deal. Uh, the Boston Bruins came up next with a deal where they shed some salary uh, and a veteran goalkeeper in Keith Kincaid and picked up Shane Bowers. Nothing much to report here, AJ, though. Colorado is looking for help in the net mining situation. Uh, as behind Georgiev, it gets a little bit dicey at the moment. Yeah, really not not much to mention there. I, I'm actually going to move us, Paul. I'm going to throw a curveball at you here. Breaking news that uh, just came across, a, a new trade from today, is Marcus Johansson going to Minnesota with the uh, return being a third-round pick to the, the Capitals. Um in light of a, another trade that we're gonna that we were just gonna discuss involving Washington, it certainly seems to me uh, that they are more in the seller category than the buyer. I think, unfortunately for them, that week away for Alexander Ovechkin uh, kind of sunk this team. If I'm being perfectly honest, put them in an uphill battle, and so now um, you're seeing a, a player flipped here for them uh, or. Am I thinking Mark? Yeah, Marcus Johansson was on the Caps. I'm yes, <laughs> he was. You're right. You're right. I, didn't <laughs> I was, I was questioning that. So I was, um, was going to interrupt you if you were off track, but you're right on the money. Yep, yep. So uh, for uh, for Minnesota, I think this is a good addition to bring in Johansson. Um, he'll be uh, a solid player for them. He had been slumping pretty hard uh, at the end there. No goals in his last nine games, no points in his last six, but I think a change of scenery – uh, will definitely help him, could challenge for a top six role um, with with Minnesota. Washington gets a decent pick on the return there. I think so. I think it's a good move picking up another guy who could be helpful to their power play. Uh, they, they have had issues with that at times this year, but he will bolster the squad with another good offensive piece, and they didn't pay a high price to acquire that. And it does look like Washington is clearing the deck there too. They they started in that regard, actually, with a trade that happened earlier this week when they uh, sent Dmitry Orlov and Garnet Hathaway over to Boston. The Caps were, on the other hand, receiving assets that are more futures. So you're quite right to say that it looks like Washington's kind of raising a bit of a white flag on the rest of the season. They did acquire, for, uh, for their part, Craig Smith, 
uh, a guy who's played on the Boston roster all year, but albeit up and down the roster and maybe filling in occasionally on the top scoring line, but not really adding much offensively. I think the skills have deteriorated here. It was a better player than he's shown in a previous stop, a long stint in Nashville, but he's a shadow of that player right now. They also added Andre Svetlakov, a 2023 first rounder, a 2025 second rounder, a 2024 third rounder, and they retained 50% of Orlov's cap hit in order to complete the deal so the Bruins could fit him in. I think that it's a good move for Boston. They were obviously in the market for a veteran defenseman to bolster what some people thought was not as deep of a defensive core as you might expect when you're thinking about the NHL's top team, a team that leads the league uh, defensively uh, as well in, as in so many other stats. But Orlov just just adds so much more there in terms of veteran with skills at both ends of the ice. Not lost on me was the fact that he picked up two assists in his first game in Boston Colors, AJ. Well, and the fact that they can boast like putting Matt Krizelczyk as their healthy scratch right now, um, I don't think that'll be an every night thing. I would expect to see some rotation. Um, they'll get a couple of guys will get rest. Um, you know, Jacob Zorbro hasn't played in a in quite a long time. He's got like two games since late November. Um, so he's probably not going to see any more action with the Orlov addition uh, here. But uh, I, I do like it for for Boston. Obviously, the the rich getting richer in that one. Um, it's just a uh, you know, that, that top of the Atlantic, Paul, is just ridiculous. Toronto's made a bunch of le- moves. The Leafs, or, or I'm sorry, Toronto made a bunch of moves. We talked about a couple of those. You've got Boston getting better. Uh, Tampa Bay sells the farm for Tanner Janot. <laughs> like, it's clearly, um, you know, who's got the who's got the biggest gun there in, <laughs> in the Atlantic and, and what they can do. For our next uh, trade that we'll touch on, um, We've got uh, Anaheim bringing, uh, let's see, Josh Slavin in uh, from Chicago for Drew Hunter. Pretty much a minor league deal. Um, Unless you really want to talk about that one, Paul, you could lump it in with another move that the Blackhawks made. I'll lead us into that one. Uh, Nikita Zaitsev goes to Chicago along with a second round pick in 2023, a fourth round pick in 2026, all that for future considerations. So essentially taking some picks in order to take the contract off the hands of the Ottawa Senators. Paul, what do you think about that move? Well, I think Chicago's doing a lot of teams favors this year to acquire draft picks. So I'll spend more time talking about the draft hall that they are looking at as a Chicago fan. Like I said, six first round picks in the next three years, six second round picks in the next three years, five third rounders. So that's 17 picks over the next three first rounds of the upcoming NHL draft. So it's pretty clear to me that the Hawks are willing to do these favors. They've been in on a couple of deals where they gave some money up to acquire picks as well, including one of the ones that we just mentioned with with Orloff involved there. So they've done that in order to stock their draft cupboard and fill that up. And, and it's a team that's in a full re- rebuild, obviously, here. And they may not be done yet with a piece like Max Domi that, that could be desirable to a team that's looking to bolster their offense. He might be a guy that goes out the door in addition to all the moves that we've talked about with the Hawks. Zaitsev, though, a big salary guy who really hasn't worked out as anything more than a defen- defensive defenseman, and that's a big cap hit there. They're taking off uh, the hands of uh, the Ottawa Senators to give the sense some flexibility. And the, the Ottawa club is an interesting one, AJ. They may or may not make the playoffs, but they want to take a big swing 
And one of the ones that I'm hearing about is that that defenseman in Arizona that we spent so much time talking about, Chikrin. And uh, this is just another destination that could be in the mix. So uh, he'll be a hot topic in the next few days, and maybe Ottawa's in the mix to acquire that that player. And finally, uh, one of these old... uh, Retired players, I will say, though he's not technically re- retired. Shea Weber's contract has been moved now for a second time. And uh, the Vegas Knights, they acquired Dyson Mayo in the transaction. Mayo's a guy who's had a cup of coffee in the NHL. Nothing but a depth move here to get some money off the books. And Arizona has done made, made a history of doing this. They've got a, almost an all-star, first-line all-star squad that they now complete <laughs> with the acquisition of Shea Weber's contract. So uh, another big-dollar deal coming in and uh, a prospect going Vegas's way uh, in the other direction. So that completes all the transactions we have to date, AJ. And it's a place where we're going to stop now before we come back with a DFS segment of our show and a look at some other names that we could see uh, floated before the trade deadline. So... For now, we're going to take a rest and come back to you. Let's take a pause and give our sponsors some airtime. We'll be back with some more news and notes from around the league. As I said, you're listening to RotoWire's podcast with Statsman and AJ. We'll be back right after these messages. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. back folks on the podcast with Statsman and AJ and it's time to talk DFS. We haven't forgotten about you and we will put a segment together today to highlight a 10 game slate in the NHL. So busy on and off the ice the league is this week and tonight we've got loads of hockey action AJ to look at and so uh, we'll be engaged with DFS play. Why don't you kick us off with a look at your DraftKings lineup for today's action. Yeah absolutely. So Teased a little bit of this uh, over on DraftKings show today. Uh, my top center heading into this one is going to be Evgeny Malkin tonight. Uh, I think at 6,100, he's really good value here uh, for them. Been a boomer bust player. It's been either multi-point games or no points the last several uh, games. So I think he could definitely um, be a, a good player for them uh, overall. I think uh, a, a good basis for your lineup. You're not paying up a ton for him. I went with Anthony Sorelli at 4,900 for my other uh, center. Tampa, tough matchup against Florida tonight, admittedly, but Sorelli is a top six player who plays with, uh, with Stamkos. He's got three goals in his last four games. Uh, so another like really good return for a guy at a discounted price at, at 4,900 here. For wingers, I started off with Jeff Skinner, 7,300. I think it's a good opportunity to stack some Buffalo Sabres tonight as they play Columbus at home. We've talked at nauseum, I'm sure, for some people about how many goals Columbus allows this season. So getting some Sabres players in your lineup makes a ton of sense to me. I will double down on that and go with Jack Quinn at 3,200, my value play for the day. Uh, he is taking that top line assignment with Alex Tuck on IR. So you can get Skinner and Quinn in there for just a shade over 10K combined. Pretty good value there. My third winger then is Clayton Keller at 6,600 for Arizona. We've talked about Chicago pretty much selling off everything that is not tied down there. Um, <laughs> and so they'll, uh, you know, they're going to be playing. Some younger guys, some minor league guys, uh, and, and I think it's an opportunity to use Arizona. Keller's been on a tear lately himself. On the blue line, 
I am going to steal this one from uh, Anna Dua, our co-host there. I'm going to go with Hampus Lindholm for Boston tonight, 5,200. Lindholm playing uh, really well for the, the Bruins right now. The Bruins as a team obviously continue to produce at a high level. You look at Lindholm's last seven games, one goal, five assists, including two power play points. Good opportunity for him. I go with Mikhail Sergachev at 5,700 as my other blue liner uh, at today's uh, game day skate, they switched up uh, which defenseman was going to be anchoring the top unit for Tampa on the power play tonight. So Sergeyev goes with the number one unit instead of Hedman. So you might as well pay down for him. Going to go with Evgeny Sveshnikov tonight, 2,500 for the San Jose Sharks. Uh, it's a good opportunity for them to potentially, uh, you know, get some get some scoring going. Uh, that team goes up against Montreal. They're playing at home. And again, with Timo Meyer leaving, uh, there's some there's opportunity for more minutes for guys. Sveshnikov, for his part, four points in his last four games. Uh, a decent shot volume, 10 shots over those four games. Uh, so I think a good opportunity for him. And he's seen a little bit more power play ice time of late. I think that'll continue with Timo Meyer no longer there. And then finally, in the goal, I go back to Buffalo. It is the top of the board. It's the most expensive option here, but I just couldn't get away from it. Craig Anderson has actually played some pretty decent hockey uh, for most of the season and then just gets too good of a matchup going up against Columbus here. Um, I had to use him, had to get him in the lineup and and go that route. So that's what I did on DraftKings. Paul, how does FanDuel uh, shake up for you? Okay, well, I've got a, a grab bag of players, not really uh, a lot of the most expensive types, but it allowed me to pr- put together a pretty good roster, I think, and I'm hoping to double down on the best roster I put together all, all season was a big winning one last week in FanDuel fan play. So uh, I'll ha- lead it off with Mark Shifley for the Winnipeg Jets against the LA Kings tonight. $6,800 the price tag for Winnipeg's center, who has been on fire for most of the last month. And I think he gets a chance to pad his stats against a team that we thought was going to be better defensively than they have been for much of this season. So I like that matchup there. It should be a high-scoring affair. And then Buffalo, you talked about their offense, and a big part of it is a second line that's been anchored by Dylan Cousins, who's had a magnificent breakout campaign, and his price tag has grown steadily during the year. I, too, couldn't shy away from the matchup against Columbus, picking a couple of players from the Sabres roster and cousins is going to come in at $6,900 to make my pair of centers a total of $13,700 for a couple of guys that are getting a top six minutes there. So pretty happy with that possibility against two very ordinary defensive clubs. Then I go to the wing. I I, I saw Kirill Kaprasov get a hat trick uh, in a win on the weekend. He just like he looked like he was playing a different game and I'm going to count on that to continue. He's the most expensive player that I've got in my lineup and uh, for Minnesota against the Islanders, I think that's a very favorable matchup for the home side tonight. So $8,900 going out the door for one of the most dynamic players in hockey right now. Then uh, Reinhardt for Florida against Tampa. Look, I, this is a heated rivalry. here. You can almost throw out the, the standings when these two teams get together. And I love watching them play because they're two rivals of my favorite club. So I hope they beat the crap out of each other. And Reinhardt, <laughs> who fact, figures to factor into some scoring here. Tampa's had a bit of a tough time giving up some big crooked numbers uh, in terms of goals against. So I, I'm 
pretty excited about this possibility, figuring there'll be low ownership on Florida players, but that's for people who aren't taking into account that the Tampa defense has been a little bit suspect, and Vasilevsky, the great goalie, has given up some big goals against totals in the last couple of weeks, and even his understudy as well. So uh, Reinhardt for Florida in play for me tonight. Then shifting to defense, a guy who's steadily improved in his rookie season, and you're seeing more and more, more of his offensive game. I'm talking Owen Power for $4,500. You're going to see more of that offensive power on display. And uh, offensive power, well, that was an unintended bonus, wasn't that? <laughs> uh, against Columbus, I think that's good value. And then Yusuf Alamaki, another sneaky good value play, by, by I think, when you consider eight assists in his last nine games. And I think it's going to be a real defensive uh, defenseless, uh, defenseless uh, game for both, both teams, Chicago and Arizona, very poor on the defensive side of the puck. And so Valimaki has a chance to pad those stats at the co- uh, cost of only $4,100. Then I go back to a couple of forwards to round out my squad, a couple of guys who factor into top six minutes for their respective teams. Max Domi continues to stay hot, even though he hasn't played with, with Patrick Kane for a couple of games now, continuing to pa- pad the stats and has a chance to really run up the score against Arizona tonight, place where he spent some time. Uh, so $4,700, the price tag there for effectively a first-line player on the Hawks roster. So you're going to get a lot of ice time too. Then Jordan Eberle, one of those serviceable Seattle forwards that has had a very nice season and keeping Seattle relevant all season long and in the, on the edge of the playoff contention. $4,400, his price tag against the St. Louis Blues, a team that's got, got, got the white flag up and has had it up for a while here and so chance for Seattle to feast offensively and I think Everly will be in that mix and then last week I I leaned on the Minnesota goaltender and got the win so I'm going to go back to that and I think I got it right tonight I think AJ you can confirm that Gustafsson is in fact the starter of record for Minnesota against the Islanders and he comes in at sub eight thousand dollars I needed that to fit a goalie in who has a high win probability for less than $8,000. That get, that attracts me every time. And Gustafsson is my guy this evening. So uh, let's hope that we help you cash uh, across the board in both profi- uh, profiles here that we provided for DraftKings and FanDuel. But AJ, I want to circle back on a hot rumor that came our way just before the show went, uh, went to air. Patrick Kane is a guy that we've been hearing. Uh, he's been sat out of the lineup for a while, and he's been linked to the Rangers for a while. I think we're going to get some news at the end of the day here. Uh, can you confirm? Yeah, by all intents and purposes, the trade pretty much has been done other than the fact that it just can't be uh, sent into uh, the NHL officially uh, due to cap situations. But Patrick Kane to the Rangers for a 2023 second rounder with the ability to become a first rounder. If I think if they make the Stanley Cup final, um, uh, but based on how far they make it in the playoffs this year is, is the condition there. And then uh, for uh, as well as a fourth rounder in uh, uh, I forget what year it was on that one. I apologize. Uh, had it in front of me a minute ago, but um, 2023 fourth rounder. So right. pair of picks in 2023, it sounds like it will be uh, Arizona that was picking up uh, that extra, that extra, um, cap hit there to take some of that on to relieve uh, the pressure. Obviously 10 million was a little bit too much for them to take on entirely. So that is the story on Patrick Kane uh, expected to potentially be in the lineup as early as tomorrow for the Rangers. You know, I've heard uh, somebody leaked it, that his equipment is already 
at the Rangers, at the site of the Rangers' next game. So it's a poor cover-up job if they're trying to keep this thing a secret. But we will certainly hear something uh, later this evening in that regard if all indications are true. AJ, we're left to run through a couple of rumors that I, I want to throw out, and I get your reaction to all of them. But it looks like there's a, there's a number of defensemen that are in play. And this could be a case where of musical chairs where there's going to be a couple of players that are not dealt just because the number of suitors is, will expire. Or uh, even the other possibility is people that are held on to these defensemen are going to get far less than what they thought they would just because there's so many options on the other hand. So I'm really kind of curious to see what the price tag will be for some of these defensemen. But I'll share with you some of the rumors of names that are in play, beginning with St. Louis, surprisingly, uh, rumors around Colton Pareko and a $6.5 million cap hit through the 29-30 season is in play. I think that's an indication of uh, how badly St. Louis wants to commit to a rebuild if they move off of him. And if he's in play, you're going to see another deal where a third-party team is going to be needed to broker that uh, uh, the amount of money involved. Yeah, yeah, I think um, that that was a surprising one that I that I had just seen this morning. Um, again, speaks to St. Louis's kind of position and, and that they're going to sell off whatever whatever assets that they they have available to them. Paul, I'll throw another uh, rumor back at you, not uh, not from the defenseman front, but I'll switch to the forwards uh, you had mentioned earlier. Uh, Max Dome, recent uh, speculation is perhaps Colorado was looking at bringing in Dome. How do you? How would you feel about his fit uh, with the Avs? Well, it's interesting because he he's played primarily center ice, and they've got JT Comfers playing lights out for them right now in that second role. They've got a couple of guys missing from their roster too. So, uh, adding another offensive piece, a guy that's going to be excited to play with the defending champs certainly would be a great addition if they can fit him in. Uh, and uh, at a $3 million salary cap hit, that might be something of a tricky deal for Colorado and might involve them using a third party to make that happen, but uh, would be a great addition. Another speedy forward to a team that's just very rich right now and starting to really play like the defending champs we thought they were. The Vegas Knights, they might not be done with their transactions, AJ, and they're linked to a couple of players on the Montreal Canadiens that I'm seeing. Josh, Jake Allen is a guy that they're talking with because they've dealt with an issue where they were forced to play Logan Thompson much of the season. Now, not, a, not intended as a knock on him, but uh, relatively inexperienced. He's performed admirably for them. But I think that when you're talking about some of the heavyweights that they intend to play, if they go on a long playoff run, they got to get a veteran in there. And that's why the addition of Jake Allen might make some sense in that regard. But there's another name that's been added to the mix here, and Josh Anderson, a big dollar player that Montreal would like to shed his contract, possibly if they got the right uh, assets back in return. They're looking to collect, collect draft choices too, but they made a commitment to Anderson, a long-term one that was a $5 million plus cap hit for a few years, I think, something in that neighborhood age or just shy. And uh, he's played very fairly well for them, but I think he's a guy that really leaves you wanting more. Certainly, I've been critical of him in this corner. Uh, what say you about the possibility of either Anderson or Allen being on the move from Montreal? Yeah, the hard part with with Allen, or I'm sorry, with Anderson is, uh, as you said, 5.5 million committed to another four seasons at that price tag. Um, so you have to wonder if you know teams would be willing to take that on. 
I doubt Montreal would want to retain any salary for another four seasons. That's a pretty hefty ask to retain that long. In terms of Allen, uh, and not the only name being tossed out with possible links there, um, Jonas Corposalo is supposedly available as well. Uh, I've seen uh, Simeon Varlarmov as an option. He's pretty much serving as a backup to Sorokin at this point. So uh, it is definitely an issue. They had to put Laurent Brassois on IR now. Um, so it just seems goalies continually get hurt in, in Vegas. Not sure what the story is there. Uh, it's been not just this season that they've constantly dealt with these uh, weird goaltending long-term injuries. So those are a couple of other uh, names uh, that, that could end up there in terms of uh, that Another forward, uh, two more forwards I'll toss out your way, Paul, to possibly consider uh, Kevin Hayes reportedly available on the trade block, although he also said today that he would prefer to stay in Philadelphia instead of being traded to a contender. Could just be posturing because, you know, the Philadelphia fans would eat him alive if he came out and said, yes, please trade me. Um, <laughs> but uh, so, yeah, Kevin Hayes is one player reportedly available and then JT Miller continues to be linked uh, to the Penguins, a potential homecoming for him. He's uh, from the Pittsburgh area. But the question on Miller, which I don't think I've seen a good answer for, there would probably have to be some retained salary. But Miller has a contract extension that kicks in next year. And so the question would be, would the retained salary transaction only apply to the current contract, uh, which you know, would be about two and a half million, give or take, if they retain that, or would it apply to be on that when his $8 million cap hit kicks in uh, starting next season? So um, yeah, an interesting one there, Paul, any thoughts on both or either of those trades? I think that the Miller one doesn't make a lot of sense uh, for Penguins because they've got they got some issues there in terms of some of the veterans on the roster that they committed to. And uh, I'm not sure how the money situation would work unless they could broker a significant chunk of change in the Miller transaction. I don't, I don't think there's any team out there that would take six or seven years at that at any, anything more than a million dollars. So uh, I, I think you put the kibosh on that one for a while. And uh, the transaction involving the Philly center, cert- certainly been a pretty good year for Hayes. Let's not, uh, diminish that and maybe he's not part of a a rebuild uh, on that roster so from that standpoint it makes sense to sell high on him I'm not sure if there's going to be a big demand on him or even JVR uh, another name that's cropped up uh, as a as a maybe a power play specialist that the Flyers could offer in trying to trade but both of them come with significant dollar amounts and and really I think there's better talent out there one of the forwards that that is out there as well AJ Brock Besser very closely linked to Minnesota, it seems, that the Wild is not uh, done and they're looking at bringing in Besser, who really would like to go there too. It's been leaked that he does have an interest in in moving on and uh, Minnesota would make a real good destination for him on a personal level. So keeping an eye on that one as well. But then we come back to a few defensemen, AJ. We got Chikrin, we've talked about him, and uh, he's linked to Ottawa, Washington. Heck, I even still see uh, Toronto uh, being floated there. But uh, I think you that might be you planting that just to get my goat and say every time there's a trade rumor, the Leafs are linked to it. I don't see that. But Vladislav Gavrikov is another guy that could be moved out. And as far as the Maple Leafs are concerned, I'm not sure that they're done because they have an issue with Matt Murray uh, on the injured reserve right now. And they have to move some money around in order to have him 
uh, come back for the lineup, they're ske- scheduled to play him uh, later this week if all goes according to Hoyle and, and practice returns are positive. But they can't do it unless they send a guy to the minors or move another contract. And one of the names I'm hearing is Alex Kerfoot. And uh, while he's been a serviceable player for this club, he was signed as a top six forward and he's bounced around anywhere from second to third to fourth line. An expiring $3.5 million cap hit is the the anvil that's attached to him right now. And I'm not sure there's a team out there that would take on that contract and, and help the Leafs out of this uh, cap jail situation unless they sweeten the pot with another future draft pick. But uh, I don't know if you have any comment on Chikrin or Gavrikov or even the Leafs dilemma with Kerfoot, but uh, the floor is yours. Yeah, I don't uh, don't have a ton of thought on there. I, I don't see, um, yeah, you know, Chikrin linked to a ton of teams. Matthias Ekholm, another name that's right. circled around there. So there are a lot of players uh, still reportedly available. We'll see how it all shakes out on, on Friday. Um, I would expect we're going to be pretty busy the rest of this week uh, in terms of more deals. Obviously, the Kane one expected to be finalized uh, later today, and then I would expect we'll see plenty more uh, all week leading up to, uh, to Friday's deadline. Absolutely, and uh, we're going to stop it here for today, AJ, and in anticipation of next week's trade deadline part two from us, you've got a sample of what you can expect in terms of breaking down the deals that have happened, and in addition, next week when it's all all the dust settles we're going to go through the rosters and see where the new faces fit in on the rosters that they were traded to and what the draft hall looks like for the uh, non-contenders we'll say so something for you to look forward to down the road so we'll cut cut it off there and uh, thank you as always for listening to rotowire's podcast with statsman and aj uh, we remind you that we're here to help you with all things related to your enjoyment of fantasy hockey and we've had a lot of fun this week with a lot of trades fantasy trades that were sent our way i know in my league Champions League, uh, media-driven Champions League with a lot of media, fellow media compatriots. I'm, I'm doing well. I'm representing our, our Rotowire very well. I'm going to make the playoffs pretty easily uh, in this format and have a chance to come out of it with a nice shiny ring if I all, go all the way. And you can bet I'll be show, showing that off uh, as often as possible if it happens because uh, that'd be quite a feather in my cap. But I've enjoyed that, and I've enjoyed looking at all these fantasy trades. I know AJ has done the same we remind you to send any further questions that you might have. Follow me, Paul Bruno, a statsman, 22. And you can follow AJ at AJSholes24. We'll be there with our opinions and look forward to being back with you next Tuesday. So long, everybody.